Hello and welcome back to the reading of She Who Owned a God by the Hooligan P. We're going to jump right in with Chapter 2, Hell's Paradise. We walked through the mountains that contained a sky of its own. Its sun shining brightly. My brain is full of confusion. How could a place like this contain its own sun? Another contained pure darkness. The wind making my body shiver, the pain has decided in my temples just throbbed. Strange creatures stood away from us, speaking to themselves as if we were nothing new. A carriage will be waiting for us a mile from here. The cloaked person said, Whatever, man. I said, looking at the east, where the red lights seemed to move in a cloud-filled sky. I couldn't take my eyes off it. It looked like a river of lava flowing down through a mountain, but it never touched too close to the Greenlands, almost as if it had set path. Sounds of horses galloping came closer, grabbing my attention. Who knew horses could be so loud? I waited for to see the cute horses arrive, anticipating petting one. Yes, it was the underworld, but a horse is a horse, right? Little horses made their way carrying a golden chariot with a red embroidered cloth over its sides. And to my surprise, the horses were actually gigantic and running very fast. I froze in place, terrified to my core. The three horses were 12 meters long, stopping millimeters away from my feet. Their nose emitting heat, coats of black and brown and gleaming in their blue skies. Hop on, the cloak person said. This is as far as I go. Wait, what? A man stepped down from the horses. His long navy blue robe draped along the ground as he walked, with such grace unlike anything I had ever seen. He looked like a monk, but with long black hair that passed down his back, flawless skin except for the scar across his forehead. His eyes closed and his hands folded in front of his chest. Fear not, I, Satoruketu, will get you to your final destination. His voice was smooth, almost relaxing. He extended his hand and I hesitantly took it. Good, let's get you home. Whoa, what did he mean by home? I'm not dead yet. That's what Toji said. I wanted to question him, but at this point, things were beginning to feel hopeless. I don't know if the underworld I ran into knows what strange creatures. I, I, I didn't have any way back. Not to mention the possibility of spending forever trapped somewhere as a petrified freaking ghost. If the king of the underworld wanted me here, then there had to be a reason. And like it or not, I guess I was going to find out. He led me up the steps of the carriage, moving the curtains for me to enter. I couldn't help but wonder if this was what death looked like for everyone. I sat onto the burgundy floor pillows. I took a good look around the lavish area, enjoying the smell of flowers that emanated from the hanging vines. At the corner sat a golden encrusted pitcher and a company glass of silver plates, fruits decorated into a small table. The carpet felt of soft cotton in a beautiful marbled green splatter with white and gold. It was so much bigger on the inside, enough to have five or six people sleep in it. I threw my body onto the floor, stretching into its softness. We will be moving soon. Sajiro called out from the wooden wall. It will be a bit of a ride. Let me know if you need anything. The answers would be nice, but I kept my mouth shut. 
I took one of the throws that were folded neatly on the side and draped over myself, creating a cocoon. Not that it would protect me from anything, but its softness prevented me from going to full-on panic mode. Sure. The carriage began to move, feeling rocky and shaky at first with the loud pounding of the horses. I covered my head in the blanket, letting my eyes have a break from the sensory overload. When the ride went smooth and quiet, as if the horses had stopped galloping. Crawling to the curtains to see what was happening, my head peeking through. My jaw dropped as I could see the landscape below the carriage, the mountains now gone far below. I grabbed onto the walls, the near life scooting myself back as I avoided any stupid moves. Yep, this is not cute. Not cute at all. Kidnapped from my home, nowhere to go, not even a cell phone on me, what the fuck was happening? What could the king of hell or underworld even want with someone like me? I got nothing to offer myself, nevertheless someone who got it all. I mean, what the hell did he want? My skin or something? It's not like I'm perfect, but I'm also not hellbound either. My mouth felt dry and the picture looked good. On my hands and knees, I moved across the room towards it, leaking its pink contents into the provided cup. The cup fits my hands perfectly and then I look into it. I look a hot mess and then some. My curly hair tangled with waves, bags under my eyes predominant, even with my brown skin dulling and the lips around me were dry with thirst. I shook my head, placing those thoughts aside. That was no time to be thinking about my looks. I contemplated the cup, the smell of rose wine bullying me, tempting me to use my dry mouth to touch the rim of the cup. No. I stopped. For all I know, these drinks were poisoned or drugged or something. I reached into my sweater pockets, taking out the soda and half downing it before gobbling the honey bun that I hid in my PJ pocket. Finishing the rest of the lukewarm soda, but at least I wouldn't be starving or dehydrated. Completely anyways. It was time for me to pull my two brain cells together to come up with a contingency plan in case things didn't go my way. What way it was gonna go, I don't know. But my way, most likely not. I wrecked my brain for hours. Hey, Suguru, I said, waiting for a response. Yes? I have a question for you. Why am I here? I said, waiting for the potential no to come. He didn't say anything for a while. Well, I'm not allowed to disclose that info. It's top secret and you never know who's listening in. The ease which he had said it brought shivers into my spine. I had to choose my next word carefully. Am I in danger? It's complicated, but soon you won't be. I had to decode the message. What did he mean? Was I already in danger? Is there still danger going on? Am I headed somewhere safe? Or was I heading to my own end? Like, what? Will I even be safe? Trust us, you will. But how can I? I was literally abducted. It's not easy to trust your captures. I waited for an answer, my ears pressed against the wall. But I knew it was a hard question to answer, even for anybody. I hear you, but I cannot be able to answer all this yet. When we make it to the palace, the king himself will answer your questions, I swear. What's your king like? Our king is someone that is amazing and can listen to us from a great distance. I got the hint pretty fast. He was probably listening in or watching us for all I know. 
They give us room for much conversation. I rubbed my forehead and the ache headache returned. What the fuck is someone so powerful want with someone like me? The carriage began to rattle again. My back pressed into the walls, my toes curling as my slippers, and my head and heart dropped into my stomach. The loud galloping began again. I closed my eyes trying to ignore the head rattling noise. The gallop stopped once more, and I took a deep breath, unsure of the way my to exit. Excuse me, miss, but we've arrived. He made his way to the doorway, his hand extending in. Keeping a throw blanket around my shoulders, I took it, his hand, and we came through. The warm air hitting me first, then the warm golden lights. My slippers hit the wooden steps as he guided me out. Pushing the curtains to a side, my eyes were blessed with the painting come to life. A garden made for the gods. Fruits and flowers of old climes grew from the trees. In reckless abandon, chaos and beauty all in one. Beautiful high granite brown walls with red alignments and high columns covered with flowers of all colors. My head fell back as I stared into its height. It's big, but don't let that intimidate you. These here are not always what they seem. The past was made of obsidian, its black glass appearance feeling magical. The three steps leading to the giant door held open by two gloriously green statues of gorgons, one holding a shield and the other holding a sword. Their details were so realistic, with snake hair and long serpent tails, and they all spread along the floor, twisting and tingling. I couldn't wait to see them closer. Suguro took me up the stairs and I found myself excited to see more. My curiosity peaked, a bad habit if I ever managed to get rid of it. I stopped in front of the Gordon statue, staring at the one with the shield. Her shield seemed to be made of bronze with a hint of green. The surface showing gruesome war scene. I looked up at her face. It was sculpted so beautifully with a heart-shaped face. Her expression somber, reptilian eyes cold and looking forward. Her neck showed signs of old wounds and the way her muscular arms bared, her breast covered with bandages and her arms protecting itself with shredded cuffs. I don't think you should stay for too long. I know you're human, but it's not the best idea. I looked at Sogaru questioning why, then the movement of the snake hair made my eyes snap and to see her form start to smile. I screamed. I stepped back into Suguda. He held me by his arms. Well, you don't need to scream. I'm so sorry. She's new around here. He said, bowing his head to the Gorgon, and she covered her mouth, suppressing a chuckle. I screamed at myself internally. Why wouldn't she be alive? There were so many weird creatures everywhere. Why would this be any different? Wow. You know what? I must have come up with an, as an intolerant asshole. I'm, I'm so sorry I blurted out. I, I just used so pretty I didn't think you were real. Oh, is that so? Her voice had a bit of a lisp. I nodded, looking down on the floor, noticing the glimmering scales of gray around her flesh. I held it together, <laughs> using my throat as a pro my own protective shield. Alright, that's enough flirting. See you later. Suguda pulled me to the door as the soft laughs echoed behind. The inside was even more magnificent as the hall was littered with statues, or what I hope was statues, holding vases of roses, violets, and many different plants, 
all growing randomly. Behind them were rows of arches and doorways leading to other halls and a second floor above. Chandeliers of amethyst radiated soft lavender lights on beige walls with hieroglyphs as we walked forward. Some people moved about, bowing to Sugura, strange creatures walking around, which meant he was either well-known or important, and I couldn't tell which was which. Was which. Well, I'm surprised he hasn't come greet you yet. I looked at the Sugura. Why would the king come to greet me? And why did he look so entertained like Sati was funny? I took at his robe sleeves. He looked down at me for the first time and I could see his eyes. They suited him well with their slant at the end, which pointed up, highlighting their beautiful darkness. Don't worry about what I just said. Just enter that room. His eyes closed once again as he pointed to a large door protected by two oversized armed guards. Go, go. I'll see you soon. Slowly, I walked between the two guards, eyeing them for any movement, but they didn't seem bothered by my presence. Well, I guess if I was a giant with what seemed like futuristic guns and a sword strapped to my back, I wouldn't be afraid of me either. Walking inside the large throne room, two chairs sat in the middle of the room, illuminated by three-story windows. Two beautiful glass angels, spread wings, held hands behind the throne, making a circular rainbow appear on a small platform. One seat was gunmetal gray, sharp and angular with spikes, lined with ox blood, red silk. The other was carved into spirals, decorating the edges of warm fall colors. It felt familiar and warm, like a memory. And I found myself methodically walking along the mosaic tiled floor. My desire to touch is unquestionable, like magnets drawn to each other. When I hear footsteps, beside me. Nope, nope, nope. I scanned the throne room, spotting a door behind the glass angel and ran towards it, letting the throw blanket fall off my shoulders as I plunged into the darkness. Well guys, um, I'd like to thank you for joining me. This was chapter two and chapter three should be out very soon. Bye.